Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week I'm joined by Birdie. Hey, how's it going? And also by Ham. Yep, still here. And Forty, we're not quite sure where he is. He might join us, he might not. Um, you'll know in the future when you're listening to this. Uh, let's start with Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock, Combank Stadium. Crowd of twenty, almost 24,000. Uh, is that fudge there? It didn't seem to be that many. Um, <laughs> Eels 26 to the Dragons, 20 try scorers. Um, Birdie, shout out off the top. He wasn't even named in the team list, but you had him down as your first try scorer. And uh, as he was, Arthur Miller-Steven in the eighth minute, Bryce Cartwright, the 11th, Sean Russell, Junior Paulo, Apollo, and Bryce Cartwright again for the brace. Moses, three from five off the boot. Um, going over there. Um, Birdie, is there anything you want to say there? Um, I don't know why they're going to make it so difficult for us, Parramatta. Like, why can't we just have an easy... Oh, sorry, I meant, I meant in particular to um, Arthur Miller-Steven going oh. over in your prediction. Oh, you know, I'm going to do a George Costanza, and that's me. I'm never doing a prediction ever again, you know. Um, as far as I can say, I'm ending on a dub, so peace out. <laughs> All right, I'll just go through some of the stats, and I'll get your thoughts, um, Bertie. So 50% possession to each team, uh, with the Dragons having a couple, what, about a minute more in time in possession. We completed 83% to their 72. Uh, we outgained them by 100 metres, more post-contact metres. They had seven line breaks to our five. We had 39 tackle breaks to their 34. Average set distance, pretty close. Average play the ball speed, we were faster for once. 3.4 seconds to the Dragons, 3.6 seconds. And then looking at the defence, we uh, effective tackle percentage was up at 88% for us. To the Dragons, 85%. We made 358 tackles. We missed 34 to the Dragons, missed 39. One intercept each. We had 18 ineffective tackles to their 24. Seven errors to their 12. Two penalties conceded to their six. Three, three ruck infringements to their one. They also had one inside 10 metres. And three on report for head contact. Uh, we had eight interchanges to their nine with the one hand injury assessment each. I assume they've mucked up there with the ninth uh, interchange for the Dragons, given they had Molo, was it? Went off in, like, the first set. Uh, Birdie, things we did well. Things you want to complain about. Um, to be honest, okay, so what did we do well? I think the first 15 minutes were unbelievable. And then Bryce Cartwright, you know, he's just been so good for us, but he just crept into bad habits and pushing passes and offloads when, when he didn't have to. Like, I get we scored two quick tries um, pretty much close to each other and, you know, we're on fire, but, you know, you don't, you're not going to score always easily. And I just feel as though they just thought we we're going to go on with the job, you know. I assume we we're going to win by 50 after after Cartwright's try, you know. So, yeah, just, I don't know. It's, it's I feel as though um, this team, once they have an error or a penalty, they just they just drop their heads and then they just dig them. They just overcomplicate things or overwork it to, to, to justify it or fix it. And they're just making the things from worse because, you know, Brad Arthur said in the press conference, I think we went four sets without completing, you know, single one. And, yeah, you know, as I said earlier, like, what do we have to do to get an easy kill this season? Like, you know, we thought the Dragons would be the easiest win for us this year. Yeah, they just proved to to be a real pain in the butt. You know, pain in the, you know, just, it's just annoying. And Dylan Brown's return? Look, I, f- I feel he was solid, very good in defense. You know, we've missed that. And, you know, he shored up um, our edges. It's just, he, you don't realize how much you miss of his uh, scrambling defense. Like, you know, there was a try saver um, on, um, on Ravalava. He pretty much took him into touch, like... It's just, we've missed that, and we haven't had much scrambling defense um, since he's been out, and I, I like how he didn't overplay his hand and, like, didn't push a pass or didn't, like, um, like overcall some plays. Like, he just literally just, just not so drifted away, but 
he just picked and chose his spots. And I feel like he could have been more hands-on. Maybe um, give... Um, you know, trouble the dragons line because when you look at the dragons, um, their speed were, t- were terrorizing us. Like Sloan was terrorizing, get on the outside of, of um, Simonson. So I feel as though um, Finn could have done the same thing, you know, to Jack Bird. Like he could have used his speed, but you know, there's nothing more I can ask from him. So um, it's good. It was a good uh, first hit out in over two months. And Ham, Arthur Miller, Stephen, you thought uh, that first cover tackle, he was going to be uh, the new goat on that wing. Uh, it wasn't to be with uh, Ravalawa going over four times three in the first half when. Um, AMS was on that wing. Uh, what do you think of his performance overall? Oh, that first tackle, uh, he got a big, big round of applause from the uh, fans in that corner, myself included. And then after his try, I thought, oh, here we go. We've got a young, you know, he hasn't played wing for us, I don't believe. I had a look through the uh, after the game. And he's, I think, I believe he's pretty much played fullback, SG ball, jersey flag, reserve grade. I, I thought he'd had played on the wing, so... It was a completely new defensive position, completely new defensive system for him. Um, unfortunately, it couldn't last. As Birdie said, the first 15 minutes. I think that's that's Parramatta's downfall. We had it earlier in the year against the Titans. Um, when we play these poor teams, we can't. We, sh- we we should tell ourselves we cannot score two tries within the first 10 to 15 minutes because we get too we get too excited we think it's going to be super easy and then because it wasn't as if we weren't playing footy we just played dumb footy we played soft footy whereas you saw uh, leading up to that Cartwright try um, three tackles up the middle up the guts Cardi bumped off I think it was little uh, and then we shifted it so it wasn't as if we were doing five one outs and then a kick. No, we're still shifting the ball and we're still playing footy. And then, but then we go into playing dumb footy where we throw a, a soft offload. We we try and do something. I don't know. I don't know why we end up playing soft. And then, as Birdie pointed out, it seemed like um, once once uh, we make an error, I suppose because of the form that we're in, we just drop our heads and we don't have you know someone to pick it back up as quickly as possible which seems odd because I think Mitchell and Gutho were pretty good in that aspect or have been in the past but um, you know I think the good for this game was that it's like it's like it's like a lot of games this year we we've fought for 80 minutes we might not be clinical or precise throughout those 80 minutes but we'll fight until the end and um, in particular this game uh, showed it, even though you know, in the dying minutes when we could have wrapped, when we should have wrapped up the game, uh, we were still playing dumb footy instead of um, going for the one point. I, I, I believe Mitchell uh, signalled for the one. He stuck his finger up in the air when the Dragons dropped it, and then on second tackle, uh, we forced a, a, a silly offload that was just was unnecessary. Um, all we needed to do was take it back to the left, not even. A big hit up, just get it back to the ten meter line on the left hand side of the post, straight back to Mitchell. We would have kicked the field goal; it would have been twenty seven to twenty. Um, but I, th- I think that's the dichotomy of Parramatta's season this year, where it just it's just in that final three minutes where we have fought and we did keep the Dragons out for those final three minutes, but we played dumb that they were able to uh, score in those final three minutes and potentially draw the game. Um, do you think they should take the points off us for the weekend, given uh, 
Dragons at the 55th minute mark. Uh, Gutho stripped that ball out. It was uh, sent up as... I, I think we should because um, we all know that games go for 55 minutes. I was uh, going to say, Dragons, uh, one yeah, thing you just... missed previously, sorry, one thing you missed previously in the stats was uh, Gray Mannersley apologies. So you missed that You missed that one in the, in the stats when you're doing it. <laughs> one, where's our apologies for no Sinbins? Uh, given the rest of that uh, weekend, we saw some uh, pretty soft send-offs slash sin bins uh, earlier in the weekend. Uh, not one, not two, but three head-high contacts didn't re- oh, s- result in anything. And then Annesley coming out and apologising again because it wasn't a head slam on um, on Davey, who had to go to the head uh, injury assessment bin um, for what was a head slam on the ground. Um, it's just extraordinary, the, the, the change in interpretation between two games. And, and Ham, I've got an apology for you because you said before the game that you shouldn't have thought Ziggy should be uh, head refing, and I, I pushed against that to say that he's had about 50 games as head referee. Well, I think it should be no more. Um, oh, bloody I, hell. I, I believe I said uh, they're not a first-grade referee until they get 52. If, if we run it back and have a listen to that, I, 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 I believe I said 52. So, you know, that, that was his last game as a touchy. So if he does another refereeing job in first grade, head refereeing job, he'll be he'll be finally a first grader. Uh, it's just a shame that we got him on his fifty first. Yeah, I tell you, it, the, the ruck in the whole game was just diabolical. Any t- both teams could do whatever the hell they wanted. Um, this was the first time I think this team this season has cottoned on to that um, because we were getting away with absolute murder um, in the ruck in that second half. But you know if. The ref isn't going to um, blow any penalties. Play the conditions. Um, it's that simple. Um, and for, for what it's worth, I didn't think it was a strip. I thought uh, uh, old ex-Tigers player there was trying to get forward to, to score a try. Gutho makes an over-the-shoulders tackle. Yes, his ball does rake. Uh, his hand does rake the ball out, but it's not like he had intent to strip there. So it's on the, um, the try scorer to stop that. Any other contentious decisions that we want to award Dragons two points for, or are we over that? Um, no, I think we're right. I was gonna, I was gonna um, mention those. That well, in particular, that head slam. Um, go way back to 2019, round one. Um, Michael Jennings uh, tackles Isaiah Yo head high, and he's taken to the HIA. HIA, and so the ruling was that if a player was sent to HIA through foul play, the player the committing player had to go to the bin you know I, I understand a few weeks later um, the referee said that we don't do that but what happened to that rule um, you know even if they don't deem it to be a head slam well at the time the referee thought it was enough to warrant a penalty well if he has to go to the head bin the, pl- the causing player should have to go to the sin bin as well well, at the beginning of the round, there was a penalty crackdown. You know, I think you saw Manly Roosters game. There was something like 34 to almost 40 between penalties and six against throughout the match. Uh, but come Sunday, the whistle was uh, definitely in the pocket. So I guess during the round, if there's going to be any blowback from Fox Sports, old man, uh, saviour of the league, um, gets out his edict and says, put the, the whistle away. That's what the fans want. That's what the fans want. And the fans obviously want Luai to be playing this week as well, um, even though uh, he's shoulder-charged. Um, well, good on him for shoulder-charging Naz in the, in, in the head, but seriously, like, the inconsistency is just disgraceful at the moment in the NRL, and I'm, yeah, completely over this season, to be honest. I, I want to say something... Oh, sorry, I want to say something... Uh, look, I feel as though our pack, and this could be... Gre- uh, sorry, Reg. 
a pack's missing like an intimidator or an enforcer. Like you look at Junior, he has the size and the capabilities of being that, but I feel as though, and I'm not disrespecting him, but he's sort of a bit, a bit polite, if that makes sense, because out there on the weekend, there was one standout prop, and it was for the Dragons, and it was Blake Laurie, and he looked like Webkey 2.0. Like we couldn't stop him. He was just non-stop pumping his legs. Like he, I know he had a big shift there first in, but... When you're getting dominated, or when when you can't like dominate Laurie, like it just that's just a sign saying this pack is not uh, like I don't think they're as the tough or mean. Like you look at Lenyu for Panthers or the Fish or Leota, like they're very physical and and demeaning in defense. And I feel as though we're probably missing that with Reg. He's probably our best one. But and I'm not asking him to be like do a Nathan Brown, you know, charge at the line. But I feel as though we're not aggressive or like physical enough. Our pack, even though we run the ball hard, we just don't defend hard. Um, I want to go back to what Ham said before, but on that one, Birdie, I think, I think if you, when you when you're talking about Spencer Lenu, uh, Moses Liotta, and uh, Fisher Harris, there, we play completely different. Our forwards play a completely different way. Like, um, you will never like on the weekend. I saw Junior taking the third hit up. You you won't if you between those three players, you might get one of them taking a hit up in a set. Sometimes you won't get any of them taking a hit up for two sets in a row. Like, they use all their forwards are there to completely have line speed in defense. Whereas ours, you know, we take away that line speed uh, because we want them attacking on the third tackle. Uh, that's that's the where you got to give up something. You know, Penrith give up um, their size in the, in the, through the forwards, but they use their backs. They use their quick backs who've got that agility to take the ball up there. So I, I, I think that we do need... Um, I think we need one smaller forward, sort of more in the style of a Jermaine Hopgood. I think that would be... I, th- I think Luca Moretti could be that player. I, I, I think he's got that aggression we saw. Um, he had a, had a kick return off the kickoff where he used his speed, um, picked out a, a spot in the line that was sort of slow and charged right at it. And I think that once he gets a few minutes under his belt, um, he'll be that player. Like, he only got 16 minutes again this weekend, but um, I, I, just, I have a feeling that he could do it. And same with Wiramu. You know, maybe not maybe not as much defensively with Woody, but in attack, like, the, the numbers aren't great for him. Um, seven runs, 50 metres. That's only seven metres per run. But, like, to me, that... That's not right because he was making meters every single time. He was carrying players, so I, I agree with you that we need. I think that we could go with a smaller forward, sort of more um, in the style of Hopgood. But at the same time, like we've got Reg and Junior here, Maddo here for a while, so I think we've sort of got to live with it with this system that we've got, where we want our forwards on with their hands on the ball on the third tackle rather than either completely missing a set or maybe even on the fourth doing a settler. Um, that's just the way I see it, though. Just uh, one one name you shouted out there, Woody. I thought his re- return probably flipped the game on its head there um, much more than any refereeing decision. I thought he came on and uh, re-straightened the attack, took it direct. There was, I think, two sets we had in a row. It might have been a repeat set as well where I think he had about three or four carries. That was all up the guts, all hard carries, all quick play the balls. Yeah, uh I gave, I you know, in the Discord, I gave him a three points, I, feel, I believe. Because without him, yeah, we were just, as Bertie said, we were playing soft. Um, and, you know, it was only eight minutes. But in those eight minutes, he did a lot, which is what you want to see from a, from an impact forward. All right. Any other thoughts there? 
we live to fight another day. Oh, I just wanted to go back for your overall view of the season where you said it wanted to be over. I found this year that the competition is a lot closer. You know, you only have to look at who's still in contention compared to the previous three years. But I, you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not shouting conspiracy theory. I'm not saying it's that. But I think it has something to do with the refereeing inconsistencies of why we're seeing the competition this close. I I think it's um that, that's probably part of it. Like week to week, the referee has just been. Uh, and it's not all on individual refs. It's just the edicts from up top change from week to week, from game to game. Like it's just so frustrating that it, this is. It's been more inconsistent than I've ever I've ever remembered um, across the course of a season, even within rounds. Um, they've just they don't have one particular thing that they're they're looking at or or, or one consistent approach. And I know every game's different, but it's just been insane. Um, but I think as well the introduction of the new team in um, the Dolphins has spread that. Um, sort of second tier talent around a bit more as well. So um, some of the top top of the line teams, and I think it it holds true for us. When they've had injury crises, they've been going to not players that would be playing in their reserve grade and can't make it just because there's that level ahead of them um, in first grade, but they're really dipping down into that sort of lesser talent in reserve grade who might be like bench forwards in reserve grade or, or players that, you know, previously might have been playing, you know, a level below in flag or, or RM Cup. Like I think just a level of talent that's had to be spread around makes any injuries um, that much more hard felt this season. Well, I think you make a good point there. Well, just looking at the ladder, the top two teams far and away, Penrith and the Broncos, both have the biggest junior bases to pull from. Because every kid in Queensland wants to play for the Broncos, you know. I don't, you know, you've got the the Cowboys, the Titans, and now the Dolphins. But still, in particular, that South uh, Eastern Queensland corridor, every kid wants to play for the Broncos. So they get all the kids. They've got all the kids signed up. And then Penrith, you know, they've had their system set up now for a few years, and they just, again, they just seem to be constantly having players come through. So. You know, he, I, you know, definitely onto something there with um, spreading that second tier talent around because the two top teams probably have, I, I, they have the most resources to to choose from. I think as well they've been pretty blessed with injuries. Like I know they had um, Cleary out for a while, but you know he's only a system halfback, so it doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, all right, let's move away from first grade. Uh, Jersey flag, uh, big victory there, 48-10. to 10. Uh, Ethan Martin with a double. Uh, Matt Arthur going in. Josh Lynn, comma, Laffey, a double. Uh, sorry, Matt Arthur had a double as well. Uh, Ethan Sanders and Brock Parker. Ham, were you out there in attendance? Uh, yeah, I was out there at uh, Cabramatta at, uh, what do they call it, New Era Stadium. Um, this is the best performance I've seen this team put on, you know, this grade, I'm going to say. Not just this team, this grade put on uh, for a few years now. Everything was slick. It was direct. It was literally, I've been, the motto, straight, direct, complete the set. That's what they did from the kickoff. Um, the Dragons on there, they got a penalty in the first set. They dropped the ball. Ethan Martin picks up picks it up races, 60 metres to score. Um, it was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a... Almost terrifying um, for opposition teams because if you know they've got the bye this weekend, but if they can win the next two games against tough opponents, I, we could do the double. 
but SG Ball and Jersey Flegg with largely the, the same core of players in um, between both teams. Uh, I thought Matt Arthur, he was my player of the game. Um, you can see it in the highlights. Uh, oh, I can't remember which try it was for, but he jumps into dummy half, realises the, the short side's on, pushes Lynn out of dummy half and plays a short side, gets it on there. Uh, he was just tough. He probably made the most tackles or if not, very, went very close to it. His his service is crisp as always, and he put in a little grubber for himself at the end and had the extendo arms out. Um, obviously, he can't do that without the prop forwards going forward. Parker, Matteelli, they service um, him well, and then they brought the, the the he made the double change. Craig Brennan brought in uh, Big Sam Tuavati and Lance Fulima. Uh They come on about halfway through the first half and just tore the Dragons to shreds through the middle. Same, same with Saxon Pryke, Nick Lenars, Jock Brazel. Uh, I, I really like this team. I, re- I really like this team. I think um, they've got a they've got a long way to go before they think about first grade. But I hope that um, a lot of these kids are part of at least the Christmas preseason uh, this year. Pushing forward into New South Wales Cup uh, squad next year, so that we're not so reliant upon Ron Massey style players. Um, let's let's get to the NRLW as well. So that was the curtain raiser before first grade. Uh, the Eels women going down thirty-eight to four. Kennedy Cherrington crossing the uh, try score uh, the try line in the twelfth minute, but uh, not much. <clears throat> sorry, after that, and Kennedy of course being sent off in the second half for. Uh, uh, what's been described as probably one of the worst tackles in NRLW history and probably fair call. <laughs> yeah, look, I don't think there was intent, um, but at the end of the day, she put her in the bad position and that's what you're judged for, so not intent. Maybe the um, they should look at the men's the same way. Yeah, so four weeks out for Kennedy. Um, so one goes down. There's a couple more injuries as well to the injury list, uh, but we should be getting Pearson and... Um, Sorry, I always forget the name of the prop from Dragons. Elsie Albert. Elsie Albert as well, coming back this week. Um, Yeah, unfortunate there. But the only loss of the weekend, because in the New South Wales Cup, we were also victorious over the Dragons, 44 to 28. And uh, Dejan Arce getting a hat-trick there. Lachlan Blackburn going over. Wonga Blake going over. Chris Tupu, Rankin and Momosea also all going over. So eight tries to five there. Um... What's the go with Wanga Blake? <laughs> he actually did something good in reserve grade when you saw the highlights. Yeah, well, um, um, luckily the Dragons attacked the other side, which saw Jairam Amasia dropped um, for, I believe it was Dan Keir. So luckily the uh, Dragons were attacking the other side, not Wanga Blake's side. <laughs> um, but yeah, at least a, a win against the Dragons team, but they're not going very well in reserve grade either, are they? Um... No, I think they were below us, actually, at the time. Oh, no, they were above us. We're on the on, uh, same points now. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. At, so that was a clash with the Sunday game, so nobody got out there for that one, did they? Birdie? Oh, no, no, I didn't go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You've woke him up. <laughs> uh, I was just doing a Buzz Rockwood having a nap. <laughs> he had a couple of uh, ports at, at, at lunch and dinner. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, 
<laughs> Alright, let's go to the news. So Eels uh, award life memberships to Manor and Mooney. There was a presentation on Sunday, uh, which all, was all rather lovely. And then over to the injury update, uh, which sees Sean Lane is on track um, to come back as early as round 26 from that elbow uh, injury. He'll be do, doing well to get back there. Um, but other than that, there's not much change, except for Hayes Dunster. His injury is to be confirmed, and he's expected to return is to be confirmed. Um, what do you reckon on um, Dunster? Just give him off the rest of the season, hopefully um, another preseason. He'll be able to get that body right after absolutely uh, getting his knee shredded the year before. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I've said about Tom Travojevic. Well, obviously I'm talking about Parramatta here, but yeah, Hayes just... Work on strengthening your knee, getting your body right. Don't worry about any contact. Um, you know, I wouldn't even be looking at contact until after Christmas at this point. I just think, you know, poor bugger. He was on the cusp of having a full season on the wing. I think he would have done really well. Um, but ever since that ACL, he just hasn't been able to seem to get his body right. So he's just got to make sure, he first of all, he gets his body right, make sure his mental health's in check. Um, and, then, and then you go forward from there because there's... You know, he's still top 30 next year, and I think there's still um, a spot for him within the squad at least next year. It's just, but uh, if he keeps getting injured, he can't can't hold an injured player for years on end in the top 30. So he really needs to um, show that he can get his body right. All right, and then let's move to previews. Jersey Fleck have a bye this week. Um, if Storm lose this week, that'll see us jump above them and into the top five in that competition. Um, the Storm not having had a bye so far this year, but they are playing the Wests Tigers, who are down in ninth um, on seven wins, 12 ros- losses. What? Storm, Storm have had four wins, buys. 10 losses. Yeah, exactly. So they've already had that extra bye. Oh, we have sorry, I thought you said they had week. no buys. <laughs> no, sorry. I said they've had all. Oh. All. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Um, so, um, potentially sneaking our way into the top five this week uh, in Jersey Flag. After a couple of weeks ago, we thought uh, that was all but out of calculations, but uh, that team getting all that SG ball talent and a couple of injured players back has really gone on a bit of a run there. Yeah, for sure. I think um, much like the first grade team, there was probably two or three games throughout the year that they dropped that they'll be, you know, pick those games up. We're comfortably fifth. Um, you know, looking at pushing into fourth. So, you know, they'll, they'll be ruining those chances. But uh, good to see some late-season form. Hopefully, well, I, I hope a lot of this flag team moves into New South Wales Cup next year. But those that stay back, hopefully, it, you know, we can finally get Jersey flag back into the finals since 2018 was the last time, I believe. All right. And then in New South Wales Cup, we also have the bye. Um, not such a great run in this competition um, but with the bye it'll see them I guess if Dragons lose going one above the Dragons won't it um, but still well so, uh, outside the 8 there unfortunately but that's a very congested ladder there <laughs> from 2nd through to 8th eighth. Eighth. yeah there's 3 points yeah it's a very uh, well New South Wales Cup reserve grades always at the the hands of 1st grade with injuries and suspensions and whatnot. so uh, I suppose the only team that's not is the Bears, and that's why they're three wins ahead of anybody else. The Blacktown Workers Seagulls have come from nowhere. nowhere. They've come from the clouds to be top four. They were <laughs> dead last when we played them, and I thought when they were um, when I saw them at Blacktown, I thought there's no way this team's doing anything this year. Don't know what's happened with them, but 
they've turned it around amazingly. Well, one of the blokes, um, he runs a podcast called Fifth and Last. He's their coach. Um, shout out if you want uh, a, uh, a podcast where you get a bit of everybody. Um, their two brothers used to play, um, play uh, coming up through the gates. They did a lot of uh, grades. Um, I think they went through Jersey Flag. I don't know if they made it to the New South Wales Cup. Um, but yeah, the, one of the guys on there is the coach for Blacktown Workers Seagull. So maybe um, engage with him and see how the hell he's got this team firing. They've been shit for years in reserve grade. Exactly. Yeah, well, Ryan Carr, stop fucking whinging in press conferences and come back to the Eels reserve grade team, please. <laughs> um, if not, we'll get um, this bloke who's going Blacktown Workers Seagulls. He's done well there. Because I think last year he was the coach for... Um, who was Who's defeated? Wasn't yeah, for Mounties who aren't in the competition this year. All right, NRLW, 3.10pm on Saturday the 12th of August at Totally Workwear Stadium in Brisbane on Channel 99, now KO Foxtel. Uh, Broncos in 6th, taking on the Eels in 10th, 3.10pm. The Broncos have been floundering up until that uh, performance against the Cowboys last week. Um, a couple of outs there. Rosemary Beckett goes out with Kelsey Clark as well. Um, but we will be seeing Rachel Pierce and the captain coming back at halfback. And then I know Elsie Albert came back last week, but it's another um, another game back. Uh, we've named Kennedy Cherrington at lock to start. Um, um, obviously, that's changing. Just sorry, Elsie Albert didn't play last week. She was still injured. Oh, well, she, she, sorry, was, she, she was, was originally named. named. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um and Kennedy Cherrington named it lock there. Obviously, she comes out. Um, who comes in for her? That's the question. Because we'll have to wait until Saturday to find that out. But um, some of the players in that Broncos team, especially that Malay uh, Hufunga, far out, she uh, she ran a train on the Cowboys last week. Yeah, she's a scary prospect, isn't she? Um, and then Gail Broughton, the former fullback for the Eels last week, uh, she seemed to be putting on some playmaking boots. Uh, playing at six there um, for um, the Broncos. So another one we let go. Um, <laughs> hopefully it's not going to come back and hoard us uh, this week. Um, and sorry, I just dropped my headset. Um, on to first grade. The Broncos in second position, taking on the Eels in ninth position, 8pm Friday the 11th of August. The team list will be Reese Walsh at fullback on the wings. Dean Mariner. Um, what? Yeah. Sorry, it's spelled D-E-I-N-E. Oh, I think it's Dane. That's not how Dane is spelled. Um, <laughs> Selwyn Cobo on the other wing. Tony Staggs, Herbie Fardworth at centre. Ezra, it's Mam at 5'8 with Adam Reynolds at halfback. Tom Flegler and Payne Haas starting prop. Billy Waters at 9. Uh, Kurt Catewell, Jordan Rickey in the second row. Pat Carrigan at lock. Tyson Smoothie, Brendan Piercura, Kobe Hetherington and Keenan Palacea on the bench. The extended bench, Corey Jensen, Xavier Willison, Tristan Saylor, Jock Madden and Jordan Pereira. And can I just say, Smoothie, what a great last name for rugby league. <laughs> Clinton Gustin at fullback. Bailey Simonson moves to the wing and Sean Russell on the other wing. Will Penasini at centre with Dejon Arcee coming back to play centre. Uh, Dill Brown, Mitch Moses in the halves. Joe Offhand, Goway and Junior Polo at starting props. Joey Lussick at hooker. Andrew Davey, Bryce Cartwright in the starting second row. Jermaine Hopgood at lock. Luca Moretti, Ryan Madison, Wiramu Gregg and Brendan Hands returns to first grade team. Uh, Makatoa, Wanga Blake, Ofiki Ogden, Kai Rodwell, Jack Murchie all on the extended bench there. Birdie, 
some of the changes there. Do you like the inclusion of Dejan Arce? We've left out AMS. Um, probably, I understand he started off well, but um, defensively on that left wing, he got a bit overpowered. So, like, um, I understand taking him out because he had four tries put on him, but you, you, three, I don't know. Three. Oh, sorry, sorry. Was it three? I thought he scored four. Nah, three, because he switched um, sides at half time. Oh, yep, yep. All right, so, like, I, I feel as though, like, is this, is it, as I said, is this reactionary? Like, why couldn't he do this team last week then? Like, I, I feel as though it does more harm in dropping AMS literally after one game. Like, is this Brad Arthur saying, you're all stuffed up, you know, never again sort of thing? But, like, look, I, I feel as though, I know RC, you know, he's got his limits, and um, I feel as though he, he, he can defend better at setter. Now, that, I could be, you know, high on OPM or something, but... With him being, you know, 5'8", he pretty much has, like, you know, back rowers and bigger body plays running at him. Like, this week, he'll be going up against, I believe, Herbie Farnworth. Now, you know, Herbie is a very is a quality center, but he's not, like, a barnstorming, raging center. Like, he's not, like, a Tony Stagg, so he's going to try and beat you with footwork. So, um, if Asi can get his body in front of him, I feel as though he can he can probably do a job. He's going to need help, but, but um, I feel as though uh, I, I don't mind it, and... I don't mind also Bailey shifting to wing. You know we have to we have to do something because we we're literally playing musical chairs out there. Um, each week there's a new person in there. The only constant is um Pinaceni. So um, yeah. Look, I don't know. I feel I feel as though we should keep Russell and Pinaceni together. They've got that connection. You know they play junior football together. So I don't know. I'm I'm worried about this game to be honest. I'm very worried. I feel as though Guffo is going to get his he's going to get a lot of work out for him. You know just covering all these holes. And, yeah, I did notice um, in the Dragons game, um, Guffo spent... I know we're on our line, but Guffo spent a lot of time in the line when we are defending, sorry, the trial line. Now, I know some fullbacks do that, like, occasionally, but he was doing it for, like, pretty much the whole set. So, yeah, bit a bit of tactics out there. And where are you worried about um, with this changing lineup? Do you think it's an error to bring Madison out of the starting second row position? Or will that more shore up the middle of the field? Yeah, I think that's what we're... That's what we're looking for here. I, 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 I much prefer the makeup of the bench this weekend. Uh, hands there. I didn't like the fact that we had no flexibility. Lucky it didn't come to bite us in the backside against the Dragons. Um, I thought Joey Lassie could have had a spell. This is where Hands comes in, um, plus the flexibility there. I, I don't like. I don't like the change in the back line. I, Bailey Bailey Simonson on the wing is a completely different player to Bailey Simonson at centre. Um, he's one of Blake Level's bad on the wing. And you have only have to go back to this season when we played uh, Manly and he gifted them a try, at least one try, um, if not two or three, um, through his poor positioning, poor hand. It, 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 it seems like his hand's going in when he's on the wing. And he's just so hopefully... Maybe we should give him the number four jersey and put him on the wing. That might... Maybe something mental there will help him. Um, I think the reason why we dropped... Miller-Steven, not necessarily we dropped him this week, but I think Arcee needed a break last week. He had played uh, a lot longer than expected. He played a lot more consecutive games than we expected him to, and I think he needed a break himself. So Coming back from injury as well. Yeah, I think that um, Arcee... You know, it's not necessarily a, a demotion of AMS I'm looking at. It. I'm looking at it as more as a re-promotion of Dejan Arce, who needed that break. We gave him that break. Unfortunately, um, through poor squad management, uh, there was no one else to pick, so we had to go that far down in the depth charts to pick uh, young Artie there. So um, 
that's the way that's the way I'm, I'm choosing to look at it I could be completely off touch there but that's the way I see it more than other than dropping Artie for this game um, yeah I guess for mine uh, the big area where we're going to be up against it is in that forward pack battle um, their forwards have just steamrolled other teams and off the back of that you've got you know players like Reese Walsh having his best um uh, season in first grade and just so dangerous around the ruck um, and plus some of their outside backs there they can just create from nothing they can just uh, especially when your your ruck defence uh, is not good or when your ruck speed isn't all that good um, ours has been particularly poor um, in the second half of this season last week there was absolutely no line speed at all in defence it was terrible um, and no kick chase or kick pressure either um, those are things that Broncos thrive on uh, so there's going to have to be a complete reversal from what happened last week, or otherwise I think we're just going to get completely steamrolled in this one. Um, it's hard to, to find a lot of positives in this week, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. You know, even looking at the the last game we played them up in Darwin, um, there was probably some different circumstances within that team. I think to, to beat the Broncos, though, you know, it's we've got to. We've got to just play the way we... I think if we played the way we did against the Dragons in that first 15 minutes where played tough, but we still played footy, I, I, I really want to see Moses go explore that short side again. Um, he's had some very good opportunities there against the Broncos. Uh, they've got some you know very, very good uh, attacking backs, but I think he can explore those options where um, get them questioning themselves in defence. I think he can look at that. I believe he'll be up against uh, Farnworth and Mariner. So a new combination there uh, out in the out in the centres and on the wing. So I, I really want to see him. If we get if we have um, a play play the ball inside those train tracks or just on the sort of twenty metre of the train tracks, if we can if he can go short there, play quickly, there's something there. We, we've seen it in the past. We can do it. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you mentioned it, Ham. Uh, it's going to be Flegler, it's going to be Haas, it's going to get, be uh, Paddy Carrigan. If he, between those three, they're just going to hit, hit us all day in defence and hit it up all day in attack. They're probably they're three of the best middle forwards going around at the moment. They're all rounders, they're really good. Uh, they can play long minutes. Carrigan and Haas can pretty much play 80, um, both of them, so that's going to be tough. Um I don't know. I, I, I understand the Broncos are sitting comfortably second, should be first as they have the best win percentage, but I still I still think they're beatable, even up in Brisbane in the Gabba. I still think they're beatable. You're talking about an upset here. I, I, I don't know if are we can do it. you talking about a Broncos upset at home? I don't know if we can do it, but I think they are beatable. I think you're talking about an Eagles upset up there after, up at uh, the Gabba. I, I might not be talking just an upset. I might be talking an ambush. An ambush. Hey, an I'm, ambush, Bertie. What are you thinking? Are you, are you also feeling an ambush? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm shooting bricks at the moment, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, look what Dan, look, look what Blake Laurie did to us. And he's a plotter. Like, he's like Daniel Alvaro. I just, look, you guys, good for you guys. You know, you showed the faith, but um, I, I, I can see a game where. Um, Haas, Carrigan, and Flag. That for you know, okay. Haas and Carrigan pretty much running for like two hundred yards plus between each, and the Flag yeah, just it's... killing us. Oh, meters! I'm I'm getting into NFL. NFL starts this week, so um, I, I, I 
I find it very tough, you know. Like, I I haven't seen our defense line be physical or dominant all year, right? And I don't, I, I, I can't see, unless they flipped it on their head this week, you know, Brad Arthur's, you know, smashed him during the week, said, you're, you're no hope, he's a bunch of has-beens. I don't see it. Like, if we had Reg, maybe, because he leads us, but, geez, it's a big ask from Joe and, you know, and um, I was going to say Tim Manor, <laughs> sorry, Joe and Junior. Bit a, it's bit a big bit ask. of a revenge game here, Joe. Yeah, look, look, unless... We need someone to set the tone. I'm talking about the first kickoff, just smash them. And if, if that's Hopgood, even if it's just picking them up and dunking them on their back, just something so everyone can get behind them, you know, get the you know get the blood flowing, like, you know, sort of like get the team going. But if we just go in there passive and get belted, like, it's just going to all cave in. But, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if we beat them, you know. We usually do beat these um, unbeatable teams. You know, go look at Penrith, you know. If it's a regular season game, we pretty much got their measure. Yeah, I'm actually... I get your point, Bertie. It is hard to um to see a victory here. Um, looking in the NRL era, forty nine games, we've won twenty six of twenty, uh, and Broncos twenty three there. So we've got the wood over them. I always just remember some of these games from years gone by when we play them up in Queensland. There was always a little bit of an ambush factor. I remember um there was a game when um ah fuck I forget his name, the little halfback number seven Sando Sandow um had a little bit of a, a little bit of a uh, it was actually the um the the day after my daughter was born. A little bit of an ambush up there at uh at uh in in Queensland territory. Was that uh, twenty thirteen by any chance? Twenty fourteen it was. Twenty fourteen. I think was... there was a game in twenty thirteen where we lost twenty thirteen. Oh, there was definitely one around. It was around twenty ten to twenty thirteen. Twenty twelve. Nathan Smith. Was that the one where... Is there you go? Uh, twenty twelve. Nathan Smith had a charge down. And scored, I remember that one. I remember the field goal at half time when we came and we went on to win by one point at the eightieth minute. I feel I like that was, that was um, at home. It that that was a home game because I went to it. Uh, I remember was it uh, was it Jared that kicked the field goal? Yeah, yeah, it was it was uh, he who must not be named, kicked mm. it at half time. Yes, that would have been twenty thirteen, I wanna say. Could be. Let me just go through. This is great podcasting. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> we was. We definitely beat them in round nine, and then we, and then we beat them away in twenty fourteen. It was in April. Yeah. Hey, look at that! Almost a decade ago, and I can still remember. The, the brain still like ticking yesterday. over. Fucking getting old. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there is that little ambush factor there, but the Broncos, they're, they're in red-hot form at the moment. Look at their um, their form guide, last five matches or wins. Uh, they've put on 30 points, 32 points, 36 points, 44 points, and then 24 points against the Dolphins, um, whereas uh, we've been pretty lacklustre at putting on points. We still have the same average amount of points um, per game, though, 25 apiece. But um, Broncos, tellingly, they're only conceding 17 to our average conceding 22. Uh, we've never played at the Gabba before, so this will be something new. Uh, Broncos have played there twice for two victories. Predictions, Bertie? Well, even though I've written us off, I still think we can get the dub. Um, I feel as though it will be 25 para uh, Broncos 18. Um yeah, I, everything everything's pointing out we're gonna lose, but I'd rather tip us to win and lose than tip us. I don't know. I'm I'm confusing myself. I'd rather be on the shocking result, whatever that whatever that saying is. But yeah, so I'm gonna go that um, first try scorer. I'm gonna go. Even though I said I retire, I want to come out for one week only, and I'm gonna go have a quick look at. 
I'm gonna go Joey Lussink. You know, he's been uh, he's been running a bit lately um, for dummy half. You know, testing the markers. I reckon he's gonna do a little sne little sneak. You know, dummy and Parson. Yeah, under the under the between the posts and um, yeah, I can see him scoring first try and yeah, good luck to the team. But uh, geez, you're gonna need it. Yeah. Um, I like to go back into the archives for my predictions where it reminds me of games. Now, this one, I, I, didn't, I only just realised this because I brought up the other two games. reminds me of uh, 2021, firstly. We'd had a rough patch sort of mid-year. We're on our way to the finals, but we'd had a bit of a rough patch. Beat the Cowboys, and then we'd come out and beat a really top team in the Storm. We beat them 22-10, to 10, round 24. And then, and then I just thought, when was the last time we played the Broncos in Brisbane? Funnily enough, round 24 last year. The score in that one, 53-6. to six. The Broncos were on their way to the finals. We were on our way to the finals. Broncos were flying high. And then we lo then we beat them, and then they dropped out. So it reminds me of those two games just a little bit there. So I've got a, a bit of inspiration between those two. I've added the our scores up in, that, um, in those two games. 77. I'm going to divide it by two. So Parramatta to score uh, 38. And between we conceded 16, divided by 2, 8. So 38 to 8, Parramatta's way. How's that one? Our first try score, Will Bensini. Yeah, we're, we're all... We're smelling a bit of an ambush. A bit of an upset here. <laughs> it's just on the airwaves at the moment. We might, um, we I'm, might I'm, have uh, our nose, our, our, our senses offlined, misaligned. <laughs> but we're smelling it. Whatever we're smelling, we're smelling it. We might be smelling what the rock is cooking. We don't know. Well, boys, I like what you're cooking. I'm, I'm feeling a bit of an ambush here as well. Uh, Broncos at home riding high. Everybody's sucking their dicks. Um, Eels come in and we show them, you know, what a one eyed eel can do. Uh, 32 to the Broncos, 22. I like it. My first try scorer is the king. Oh, can't get better than that, can you? The real king shows, you know, who the real king is up against the Broncos. Not some, like, has been never really was um, I don't even know like his that, name that 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 ripped uh, you know the Broncos jersey before he was punted off to um, the Gold Coast uh, unceremoniously is that this Lincoln is Lewis kick. oh I don't Lachlan, know I guess, Lachlan Lewis that's the Lachlan one Lachlan Lewis that's right he was the most famous of the Lewises wasn't he yeah he had some bum uncle that was never as good as um, a certain 5-8 that was running around in the 80s as well wasn't he who beat him for no. the Australian uh Number six jersey. We can say he's named Brett Kenny. <laughs> uh, right, boys, let's wrap it up there before we get uh, any more crazy. Um, <laughs> go Paramount on the weekend. Hopefully, a dub in both the women's and the men's, and uh, well earned rest there in the flag and New South Wales Cup. Catch us later, go Para. Yeah, have a good one.